Ahoy hoy. Welcome back to <laughs> Bloody Bizarre. <laughs> My name's Emma. I'm Sarah. And we have a special guest, which is why I'm laughing, because she gave me a weird look. Do you want to introduce yourself? Okay, if no one heard that, um, that was younger sister Rebecca. She's back from London town for the month. And she doesn't she doesn't have a mic, so she's... she doesn't have a mic, she's just watching with a glass of wine. Yeah. <laughs> She said she would yell out any funny things that she thinks of, but pretty judgmentally looking at us at the moment. Yeah. Oh, she needs to cough. All right, so she's disruptive as well. Yeah. <coughs> I assume you heard that. Yeah, I can say that you heard that. Speaking <laughs> of disruptive, um, yeah. we're at my house and Emma has brought Clifford, and he's being a menace, the big guy. It's um, this is going to be a really disruptive and probably disjointed episode. Yeah. That's fine. The yeah. the subject matter is batshit crazy as well. So it's it's like all over. I'm okay. finding you should use the word disjointed. Mm. <laughs> it's not a word I commonly use. Yeah, well, it, it fits. Do you have anyone you want to shout out at the beginning? Yeah, I do. Okay. Because <laughs> Ash, yeah. my beautiful friend Ash got really annoyed that I hadn't shouted her out because she's actually... <laughs> suggested our podcast to so many people (laughs) and i'd like to say we have shot up in sydney yeah yeah yeah. so she lives in sydney and she's told all of her friends about it and like people and also hang on also you've called out her older sister yeah i know i know (laughs) so thank you ash and also a shout out to my friend Britt who started listening and told a couple of her friends about it as well which is really sweet so thanks guys um and look if you want shirts let sarah know yeah via the instagram page I'm more than happy to fork out my own money, mm-hmm. my own hard worked money. Yeah, we this podcast makes us no money, it and takes we, money we literally us. spend money on it. These mics <laughs> cost me like three hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. the other thing I wanted to say is um, apologies for the late episode. Mm. I have once again been sick. It's just a constant thing. It's I, like every episode is either you've just been to Sydney or I've yeah. been sick. <laughs> yeah. One of them is a lot cooler than the other. I know. Yours <laughs> is so much more fun. Oh, look, my, your words. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <coughs> that sounded wet. Case in point. Yeah, it is. It's all, it's all breaking up now. Yuck, yuck, mm. yuck. I mean, as I've said before, I... <laughs> I guess I'll leave it in. Or she can cut out the whole thing and then cut out also that sound of wet. Yeah. Maybe I'll leave it all in. I wouldn't. <laughs> People might really want to hear a wet cough. <laughs> Lie down. He, look, he looks and oh, Patchy's loving me yelling at Clifford. <laughs> look at that tail. Did I tell both of you the funny thing Maddie said the other day when she was over? Yeah, about cancer, yeah. Um... <laughs> Yeah, well, because <laughs> Pachi has like a lump on his neck and um, I was telling our friend about it, um, who is a doctor. She's not she's not a vet, but she's a doctor. and A she, human doctor, yeah, a human, if you will. A human doctor. And she, she felt it and she was like, mm, yeah, and she was like, look, <laughs> with all due respect, there's no way that Pachi could have cancer and maintain the weight that he is. <laughs> That's good to know as well because obviously my boy doesn't have cancer either. Yeah. <laughs> I want to – This I know this was a long intro and I'm sorry, we'll get to the thing just very shortly. I just want to also mention a podcast that I started listening today as a joke, oh, yeah. but I really, really, really like it yeah. and I think you will too. It's called um, – I think it's called Who Shat at My Wedding? 
And it's about these two women who got married in Amsterdam on a boat. So they call it a closed crime scene. And their friend Lauren, who's this Kiwi girl, and she is the detective in air quotes. <laughs> and they like interview their friends and like, and they interview like experts in the field, like top of their field. And the experts are like, this is career suicide. Like <laughs> it's really fucking funny and really good. It's very like crime adjacent, for, yeah. you know, like it's light. It's, it's like it brings true crime, to, but yeah. it's not actually a crime crime. (laughs) shout on the floor in the bathroom it's really funny i'm really enjoying it and you should get into it so just like for a a bit of context so somebody shat on the floor in the bathroom of her wedding yes in the women's bathroom the fuck (laughs) who does that (laughs) well that's what they're trying to figure out imagine that happening because it's like all people you know like your closest friends and family and 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 she says like it's a closed room mystery because they're on a boat it's reminiscent of Poirot. Or... I know. Yeah, it's really good. But so, yeah, if you want to listen to that. Um, I'm going good. to. Yeah. I mean, I'm still on Ologies. I'm only up to like the end of 2020 with Ologies. So okay. I've still got. Like... Man, I blaze through podcasts like there's no tomorrow. Anyway, we should get into this because we are just chatting now. So let's. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so today I am going to tell you about Carl Tanzler and Eleanor Milagro de Hoyas. I know this one. Do you? I know this one very well. Yes. Okay. All right. Because this, this one, one quite well. There was a my favorite murder episode yes, about this was. one. Yeah. I believe the episode is called Sprankers. It is called Sprankers. It's one of their. Yeah. It's one of their best episodes. I yeah, reckon. I agree. But now you get to hear me do it as well. Yeah. Okay. So I've heard the best. Now mm. I hear the rest. Yeah. Exactly. So my sources are Wikipedia, of course, mm. always. Yeah. Horrorobsessive.com. All that's interesting.com. Good site. Mm-hmm. AmericanHauntingsInc.com mm. and HistoryHub.info. Okay. You dropped off a little bit towards the end there in, ter- in my mind in terms of... Why? Because I said history? N- no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, now that you mentioned that, yeah, not, I'm not pumped about that. <laughs> okay. Carl Tanzler had a few different names. Sorry. Just before you, Bloody hell. I know you're only two words in. <laughs> yeah. If you have money, give it to Wikipedia. They're asking for money right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I told you that I ended up giving them money last time. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. But they're asking for it again. It's never, never satisfied. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. Keep going. Carl Tanzler had a few different names and quite an interesting early life in his own right before we even get to like the, the crazy shit with Eleanor. Some other names I saw floating around for him were George Carl Tanzler and Count Carl von Kosel. If you had to come up with a different name for yourself, if you had to come up with, a, a, let's say, a, pseudo, a pen name, a pseudonym, mm. what would you call yourself? Um, and it can't just be like Charlie Stone, like a cool name. Max Power. <laughs> People would know that's a fake name. <laughs> what about like, well, if I like, if I was trying to lay low, like I'd pick something boring, like yeah, Lauren Jackson. Smith or something. Yeah. Apparently he um, <laughs> went by Carl, Count Carl von Kosel because he would like, he made up this backstory about being royalty, but he was not. Okay. Um, he was born in Dresden, Germany in 1877. Whoa. This is an old guy. Yeah. He's fucking old as fuck. Yeah. I mean, he's dead now, but. Randomly, not long before the First World War broke out, he moved to Australia. So Mm. he spent a bit of time in Australia. When the First World War, 1814? Sorry, 1914? Yeah, 1914. 1914, was it? 
So during the war, he ended up in like a sounds like a jail. It was like a an concentration camp, camp yeah, an okay. internment camp, yeah, um, for safekeeping. Um, All right. So that was in Australia. Apparently, that's what. They... Who was the First World War with? Was first First World War was Germany, Germany, and yeah, right. So it was Russia. Sorry, not Russia. Italy, Germany. Italy was there, wasn't it? Mussolini. Yeah. Well, he was in World War Two. Second World War. Okay, I'm getting confused. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. All of this doesn't really matter. I'm just giving this you a little bit of background on him. During his internment, he apparently made a sailboat and planned an escape. Yeah. Well, he's not going to build a car. Where was he? It was somewhere in Australia, but I'm guessing it was on the coast. But all of this is just to say, if you wanted to dive really deep, he did have an interesting life prior to any of this stuff happening. Do you know how old he is at this point? Um. No, not okay. at, not at this point. After the end of the war, Carl briefly returned to Germany and married Doris Schaefer. Uh, together, they had two children: Aisha Tanzler, born in 1922, and Clarista Tanzler, born in 1924. Obviously, though, at this point in time, Germany was fucked, destitute. Yeah, yeah. Well, they they were just like everyone was broke. Um, so Clarista unfortunately passed away when she was 10 from diphtheria. Um, so they just had the one remaining daughter. In 1926, Tansler emigrated to the United States with his family and they eventually all settled in Florida. He was working as a radiographer, but he actually ended up kind of like ditching his family a little bit because he moved to a different part of Florida to work as a radiographer and his family stayed behind. Hmm. It doesn't say they ever officially got divorced. I don't think they did, but like he... He probably wasn't allowed. He ditched him anyway. Yeah. So A runaway dad. Yeah. So in 1930, Carl was working at the Marine Hospital in Key West, Florida, doing radiography. At that time, a lot of the people coming through were suffering from tuberculosis, which at that time was a death sentence. It was Mm. terminal. One of these patients was Maria Elena Milagro de Hoyos, more commonly known as Elena or Helen. Um, I've referred to her as Elena because I feel like Helen sounds like a name that like... The anglicised version. Yeah, like white yeah. people have been like... Ellen is I'm too gonna, difficult. I'm going to call you a Helen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, she... So um, she was uh, Cuban-American. So she was born in 19... 19- how, how could you think with the name Maria Elena Malagro de Hoyos <laughs> that she was a white girl? <laughs> Do they? <laughs> so she was born in 1909 to Cuban parents. Um, she was a devout Catholic who enjoyed cooking and dancing. She was also apparently very beautiful. She was known in the local area as like a beauty. I don't, I don't know what that According means. According to who? Well, I... Like local I'd people. like to lay eyes on her. I've seen pictures of her. She is quite pretty. Is she a beauty? I mean... Is he a beast? Where is my phone? I wanted to Google her. Can I Google her real quick? Yeah. Elena Milagro de Hoyos. Elena Milagro de Hoyos. When she was only 17, she... What? <laughs> what? Oh, you saw... Oh. Okay, I know what picture popped up. <laughs> he ain't a beauty there. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Uh, yeah, she's, a... yeah, I mean, it's like 1920s pretty. 
Imagine someone from the 1920s seeing like an Instagram like baddie now that would be like, ew, what's wrong with them? Yeah, what's wrong with their face? Yeah. Have they been bitten by a million bees? What's I I think what's really funny at the moment is all this backlash about people having their um like all the buckle fat removed removed and say like because it does look weird. They're really fucking themselves up. Yeah. If only they were poor like us. Yeah. (laughs) Just have to just have to like age. Yeah. the worst thing that can happen you just get wrinkly okay so um when she was only 17 she married a man called louis mesa i don't know how old he was um mesa means table in spanish okay so louis table louis <laughs> <Lewis> table <laughs> um louis table doesn't sound like a nice fellow because <laughs> she fell pregnant and had a miscarriage and at the same time he left her Mm. I bet he was so grateful for that miscarriage, though. Why? I bet he was. Why? Because he didn't want her to be pregnant. Well, yeah, he obviously wanted to leave. So he was like, oh, that's great. This is my My out. Yeah. Also, she had started to become sick at this point. Ah. And so he just peaced out. So, like, why why get married in the first place? Why marry her in the first place? You obviously don't care about her. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm not saying he's correct. You love Louis Table. I do not love Louis Table. So, um, yeah, he left and went and moved to Miami. Um, yeah, so these two never officially got divorced anyway, but Louis Table took off to go to Miami. Eleanor was sick and she was getting sicker and sicker, so her family took her to the hospital where Carl worked and she was diagnosed with tuberculosis. Now, to go back in time a bit, when Carl was younger, he'd apparently had a vision of a dark-haired, exotic woman Mm. who was the love of his life. So upon meeting Eleanor, he apparently became convinced that she was the woman that had been in his visions and he became obsessed with her. Funny that he didn't, like, his current wife, that wasn't, like... I know. He saw her and was like, well, it's not what I've been told yeah that i'm supposed to be with but she'll do yeah i know i know how rude yeah um also just to like add a bit of yuck to this she was 20 at the time he was 53 oh yeah so carl started visiting eleanor frequently and started trying numerous treatments for her he's a radiographer yes he wasn't a doctor he and also, actually does, a doctor. is there any treatment for tuberculosis that requires a radiographer? No. Yeah. <laughs> so these treatments were not backed by science. Um, some of the treatments included a potion made with gold, medicinal wine, and shock oh, treatment. What, shock treatment, did you say? Yeah. Look, I can get behind the wine one. Yeah, because at least that's just like it'll make you more comfortable. But yeah. Eleanor's family obviously had to give permission for him to be doing these treatments but you got to remember her prognosis was terminal she was going to die so they had nothing to lose and he came in all confidence and said this is going to cure her i know how to cure her with the swagger of account yeah so they let him try his crazy remedies who's who's the guy on sesame street is it the count yeah and he counts yes he's also dracula Mm -hmm. for some reason oh because the count dracula Mm. yeah of course so while he was trying all of these treatments on Eleanor, he also was showering her with flowers, clothing, jewelry, and he professed his love to her on numerous occasions. <laughs> By all accounts, she did not reciprocate these feelings. Like, yeah. And she was clear that she was not interested. <laughs> I love you, Eleanor. And she's like, 
I love you too. Like a, like a dad, like, yeah, literally. So this is, yeah. Yeah. Can you just let me die in peace? Um, this is a quote. Give me from, some more of that wine treatment and then get out. <laughs> she probably didn't even, we should probably just like, oh, whatever. Like, yeah, this is a quote from Eleanor's older sister quote. Eleanor never loved Tansler. <laughs> she was only nice to him because my mother told her she should be kind to those who were kind to her. She mm. looked upon Von Kosel as a grandfather. And when he proposed marriage, she always told him, you are too old. Why you are old enough to be my grandfather. What's more. I do not love you. He, be- <laughs> he became so persistent that we asked him to stay away from the house. End quote. Yuck. So he was, uh, like a pest. Yeah. He was a sex pest. He was a obsession. Yeah. A grandfather sex pest. Yes. What's more, I do not love you. I love that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's more, I love that. On the 25th of October, 1931, Eleanor succumbed to her illness despite Carl's best efforts. You mean the... The tuberculosis got her. gold potion didn't work? No, no, none of it worked. Now, for most guys who can't take no for an answer you would think that death would be that that'd do it (laughs) but um yeah not old carl he offered to pay for eleanor's funeral and pay the costs of constructing a huge mausoleum to be built for her Mm. and you might think that this is an altruistic gesture however because carl paid for the mausoleum he was given a key to it um, he also insisted on an airtight casket with a tank full of formaldehyde being pumped in to prevent decay. I can understand why a family would want to prevent decay of their loved one. Mm. It is suspicious when Carl asks for yes. it. Yes, yes, definitely. Because Becky just said she can't understand why a person, why a family would want to prevent decay of their loved one. Because they don't want to imagine worms eating out their their loved one's face. Mm. They want to imagine them as they were alive. Yeah. Anyway, for the next two years, Carl visited Eleanor's body nearly every night. He reported... I wonder... I I imagine that mausoleum's still there. Yeah, it is. I wonder if they've taken a black light there. Sorry. Yeah, we were all thinking it. I was not... I was not. The listen, listeners, tell me you weren't thinking that. Oh, my God. <laughs> he reported that he and Eleanor would sing together. Of course, it was just him singing to a corpse. During this time, he also apparently had a phone installed in her mausoleum so that he could call her. He put a phone in there so he could call her? Yeah. That's, like, so counterintuitive because then, like, she's not going to pick up, so then you're, you're getting rejected again and again and again. Obviously. This is – he's crazy. Yeah, he's... sorry. Yeah, I'm yelling at you. <laughs> so these shenanigans weren't a particularly well-kept secret, and word of what he was doing eventually got back to Eleanor's family, who were obviously, like – This fucking guy again. Can you not? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he also apparently heard Eleanor speaking to him from beyond the grave, asking him to free her. Don't think so. Mm. Was that one of their nightly phone calls? One of the phone calls, yeah. yeah. She got him on the phone. She, she got said, him on the horn. Please get me out of here. It's really boring. Count. It's Count Von Kosel. Yeah. <laughs> who's not actually a count. Yeah. Uh, so in April of 1933, Carl crept into the cemetery with a little toy wagon, stole Eleanor's body, 
By this stage, she'd been dead for two years. So she obviously wasn't in the best shape. And he brought her home. He, like, pulled her home on the little toy wagon. Just imagine it, like, squeaking as he's walking down, like, the streets of... Oi! I think he just stepped on him. It gets worse and worse and worse from here. I wonder how her body didn't fall in two when he picked her up. Again, I have more information. Okay. So... He held her body together with piano wire and coat hangers as obviously the muscles, tendons and ligaments that would usually do this were rotting away. Hang on. I mean, when he got her out of the mausoleum initially to get her onto the wagon, how did she not split in two? Like yeah, that, well, I'm sure, I'm sure she was like, it was probably delicate. Yeah. She would have been extremely light because obviously a heap of her, like it, everything would have rotted away. rotted away. So I'm guessing that he just like, gingerly lifted her into this little toy wagon so that he could get her home maybe she was like wrapped in a in a like, yeah yeah you know. so yeah he used all of these things to like hold her body together so, sorry piano wire and coat hangers yep gross uh he gave her glass eyes as her skin decomposed in various places he replaced it with silk that had been soaked in wax and plaster as her hair fell out he kept it eventually making it into a wig um, he also apparently had some hair that was given to him by Eleanor's mother around the time of her funeral. I don't know about that, but anyway. As her body decomposed, he also stuffed her corpse with rags so that it would keep its shape. And most upsettingly, he apparently inserted a paper tube into Eleanor's vagina. Now, he denied ever having sex with her, but not sure why you would do that otherwise. If not... Um he obviously had sex with her. Why would he pick paper? Well, I'd, I don't know if we're talking like canvas or like what. Still canvas would be like chafy as fuck. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know the specifics of this tube. Um, I wasn't going to go looking for that. That's the difference between you and I. <laughs> Carl dressed Eleanor's body, what was left of it, in fine clothing and jewellery and doused it in perfume to try I fucking and bet. mask the smell of decomp. <laughs> I fucking bet. And he kept her in his bed and slept next to her. Yuck. I find A it rotting hard. corpse. I- and he, he also, because she was like rotting, there was like mold. There was all sorts of stuff oh. that he was having to constantly treat because like. Treat is such a polite word. Yeah. Yeah. And like a rotting a, corpse, a rotting, that. decomposing, skin sloughing away corpse, mold growing. Yeah, with her glass eyes. Yeah, yeah. And this madness went on for seven years. Oh my god! So seven. So hang on, seven on top of the two that she was decomposing. I'm. No, I can't remember. I okay. should have written it down. I can't remember if it was like seven all up or if it was five after he took her home. Yeah, okay. but seven years at least. Seven versus five is not. At least since she's been dead, yeah. Sure. All right. Yeah, and you've seen the photo. You you saw the photo earlier? Yeah, I've seen the photo. By the time he was done, she did not look like Eleanor anymore. She looked like a weird wax wax dummy. A papier-mâché. Papier-mâché. Yeah, exactly. I've heard her described, I think it was in the MFM episode, as um, like when you roll through those tiny towns and they have fake people. Like Yes, um, yeah. You know. Like almost, almost scarecrow. I'll I'll post it to the gram. I'll yeah. post a photo yeah. of. Maybe maybe I will. Maybe I will. Oh, that's. Yeah, that's him popping the eye in and out. 
Yeah, how did they? I guess they like retrieved her body and then like took the eye out. This is probably not. Yeah, Carl if you Tanzel keep, there's yeah. there's more. I'm not done. Okay. So a few people in the town started becoming suspicious due to a couple of things. <laughs> it's so unrealistic. Yeah, I know. It looks nothing like her. No. Which is like you you became obsessed with her because she's so beautiful and stuff, and then you made her into like this weird monster. And and you were shown an image of the woman that you should be with. Yeah, but did then, she, and then you've made her. Did she look like that? Yeah, he was like, I've got to make her look like that. Yeah, this one's a good like canvas. So a few people in the town started becoming suspicious due to a couple of things. First of all, Carl had been totally obsessed with Eleanor and visited her corpse every night for two years, and then he just suddenly stopped. Mm. People found that suspicious. Mm-hmm. Um, second of all, Carl was seen on numerous occasions buying women's clothing and perfume, but he was very much single. He, he actually wasn't very much single. He had a wife <laughs> back in another part of Florida, but like he obviously was like unattached i guess the hot old grandfather bachelor around yeah, town. yeah yeah exactly um and finally a young boy rode past his house on one occasion and saw him through the window of his house dancing with what looked like a life-size doll wow sometimes i dance with clifford and because he's so massive i feel like people might think that i've got someone over <laughs> <laughs> well, imagine seeing someone dancing with like a a doll yeah. What you think is a doll and then finding out, no, that's a corpse. So anyway, put all of these things together and the people around town were like, mm, I think something ain't right. I think we know what's happening here. Um, Eleanor's sister, Florinda, heard the rumors and went to confront Carl at his house. He led her inside and there she found the weird uncanny valley version of her sister in his bed. Yuck. Obviously, she called the police and Carl was promptly arrested for wantonly and maliciously destroying a grave and removing a body without authorization. What year was that? Um, I think it was like the late 30s or early 40s. Okay. So, weirdly, well, I guess not given some people's understanding of consent, but... A lot of people were on Carl's side around this time. Mm, mm. Um, They saw him as eccentric but romantic. Um, And the story was obviously huge in the US at the time. It was essentially it went viral, the 1940s version of viral. Mm -hmm. Extra, extra. Yeah. (laughs) Carl was assessed by a psychiatrist but found to be completely sane. That being said... The statute of limitations on his crime had passed, and so his charges were all dismissed. What is the statute of limitations on wantonly and maliciously destroying a grave? I don't know. And And removing a corpse. Um, So in court, they flat out asked him if he'd been having sex with Eleanor's body, and he said no. Bullshit. I don't believe him. You're a liar, (laughs) Carl. Carl? Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, who knows? He had, a, he had a heap of names. So after the trial, um, someone made the incredibly disrespectful decision to put Eleanor's body on show to the public, mm. like in a museum or something. They're like, this guy's done some good work here. <laughs> I think because there was just so much public interest yeah. that I'm thinking someone maybe was going to make money out of it. Maybe they charged yeah. admission or whatever, but oh, yeah. yeah. Like, and so hang on, Carl got absolutely no... No jail time. No fines. No, nothing. 
And get this, after all of this, he had the audacity to ask if he could have Eleanor's body back. Were they like, just get out of here, yeah, run, they, they before were like, we change our mind? No. <laughs> They're like, can we charge him again? They're like, mm, double jeopardy exists. But, but that's the thing, because people were like uh, sympathetic towards him. They're like, oh, no, Carl. He still can't. wants her. He still loves her. Yeah, it's so gross. No, um, but look, Carl, if it was up to me, baby. Huh? They saw well, they, they saw her body. In the a, flesh, in the paraffin. Something like uh, 7,000 people reportedly came to look at her. Yeah. This poor, poor woman. Honestly, she just wanted – she just was some poor woman who got tuberculosis and died. Like almost a girl. Yeah. 20s. Yeah, early 20s. And then this fucking – nearly 10 years later and she Old still, fucking man. Yeah. Uh, Carl remained in Florida, although he left the Key West area and wrote an autobiography in which he obviously made it sound like Eleanor reciprocated his feelings and it was her family that got in the way and ruined their relationship. Even after all of this, Carl's obsession with Eleanor remained until his death in 1952. His body was discovered on the floor of his home uh, and also found in his home was a life-sized effigy of Eleanor. Couldn't get enough. Um, I effigy. Yes. So he made basically like a life-size doll of her. I know that there was <laughs> newspaper and and craft glue. <laughs> I knew that. I know that there was some people that believed that he managed to find her because she was. Yes. She was then. She was buried in an unmarked grave, right? Yes. So once they took her out of the place where people were gawking at her they mm. buried her in an like a secret location and there are people who think that he found her actually did find her and brought her home again um, that's unconfirmed though unconfirmed i also heard that he went back to his wife um so when he got sick his wife uh started caring for him what a good woman well yeah <laughs> One way to look at it, yeah, I would have been like, "How about you go and get fucked?" Um, if you were, the, if you were the wife, yeah, of course. But, yeah, but I mean, the the um, forgiveness that that woman. Has. Oh yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's the story. I'm done. Gross, gross, yucky, and a disgusting icky. one. I'll post the photos on the Instagram. It's very sad. That's why I included the little information that was available about her life beforehand. And and he's made it that way. And so, like, forever she will be linked to him. Yes. And she didn't like him. No, she, she hated him. She didn't love him. She didn't like him. But it was a weird old man. Weird old man and still she just couldn't escape him. Yeah. Sucks. Uh-huh. Thanks for telling me that. Thanks for telling me that. <laughs> um, Becky, thoughts? Wouldn't do what? What he did? Yeah. Good to know. <laughs> there you have it. <laughs> Becky's final thoughts. She wouldn't. She wouldn't be a Carl Tanzler. Wouldn't do it. <laughs> wouldn't do it. Wouldn't recommend. <laughs> um, do you want to know what I'm doing next week? Yes. I'm going to tell you about a man by the name of Alexander Selkirk. Ooh. Listen in then. Bye Thanks bye. for listening, everyone. Bye.